0: Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader podcast brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard and influence. And I'm your host, anne Cross, also known as the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says community is about cultivation, not creation. To create a genuine community, people need and want to stay and revisit, not just visit and leave. So that's what we need to do. So joining me on today's show is Ian Moise. Is it Moise or Moise?
1: Moise, I'll take the first one. Thank
0: you. Moise, great. Now, he is EMEA's sales director at Natabox and an industry cloud social influencer on matters of cloud and sales leadership. Now, he was awarded the accolade of Besma UK sales director of the year and in 2019 was listed in the top 50 sales keynote speakers by top sales world. Now, join and, and on the show today, Ian is going to share building a brand. And how we can do that organically, how to create and cultivate communities and building a profile as a cloud computing influencer. Lots of awards there and accolades, which is great. Because obviously, you're going to share a lot of insights uh, with us today. Welcome, Ian.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, hopefully I'll share insights. My style tends to be actionable insights and things people can do. I, I've attended many sessions and speaking sessions where the things you get to hear sound great but you don't believe you can do anything about it they sound too big so i like small things that everyone can take action on so hopefully we'll yeah. share some of those which is great now
0: before we dive in uh, tell me a little bit about the Natterbox because we, we mentioned in the intro uh industry cloud social influencer on matters of cloud and sales leadership share a little bit about Natterbox so that just we can get a bit of context
1: into uh the, the your background sure so 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 do it in, in in the other way. I'll do it a little bit. So Natabox, I'm not going to do any pitch of our company, but Natabox is a cloud telephony provider. We specialise. We've built a cloud system that lets you improve customer experience, improve the efficiency of your staff when having conversations with clients. Built on the Salesforce platform. So that that's our specialism. Uh, we can do some very clever things to transform the conversation that people have. The re- social influencer thing has come before that and during that. That I that I've fallen into this by accident, mm-hmm. by taking part, by speaking at events across many companies that I've worked for over the years. And the real reason I fell into this is trying to stay relevant as a sales leader and for my teams in that the the customer, us, has changed. The world has changed and we've changed with it. The buyer today is very different than we were 15 years ago. Social media didn't exist, you know, Web Two as is, the internet so you couldn't go on and look up a company, know everything about them and the individual before you met them. It used to, I remember the day when you would uh, speak to a prospective customer, they'd answer the phone because they weren't inundated with 50,000 calls. You would have a conversation. They'd have a little bit of interest. And then you'd probably go and meet them. And they'd start off with, would, tell me about you and your company. And they know it all now. Right. They know more. They know things that you don't know about your company because they couldn't find it. So the world has changed. I fell into all of this purely by trying to stay relevant. How did I, what do I do differently? What do I need to do differently to stay relevant? And it's been small steps all the way through. It hasn't been one big epiphany. Yes. As the world changed, as social media appeared, you know, I remember being on LinkedIn initially with very few connections. My profile, if I compared it now, I'd be probably think, embarrassed by what it was. But I was just taking part. And you learn and you learn a bit more and you get a bit better. So I've learned this organically. This has not been read from a book or theory, or, you know, I often see people talking about marketing who talk the talk, but they've never walked the walk. And they can group, it's easy to give advice, but what's the context? My context comes from a real world sales leader and doing it, living it.
0: And, and I'm so glad that I uh, asked you to, to explain that because I – and that's what I saw in you as, as I was reading your profile and finding out a little bit more about you. You can have all of the theory in the world – but there's a difference between theory and practicality. And I love the way that you've observed and you've interacted and you've engaged. And I'd imagine that much of what you're doing now has continued to evolve and has evolved on the needs and just the observations of behaviour, you know, kind of online. So uh, people, today we've got someone who's actually not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. And we can learn so much uh, from you. Have you noticed that... That things have changed ever so slightly again because of what's happened in the world today. I mean, obviously, there's far more people online now. Uh, How's that impacting what's going on and what you're going to be talking about today?
1: So I'll, I'll give a couple of things. Firstly, I think the digital first impression is more important than ever. When I talk about social selling, and we, may, we talk about that, what the real definition is, because m- I think most people, including salespeople, totally misinterpret and take uh, the wrong approach. Often when I've spoken at events on this uh, and you get, well, do I need to do it yet? And it's a little bit relevant. Today, it's more relevant than ever because we, we've jumped on here. We're talking. How m- everyone that's listening, I would challenge how many of you have been on a video call or multiple or hundreds since this COVID um, world change happened mm. Right, it's become commonplace we've seen zoom microsoft teams google hangouts and other platforms go through the roof growth that they never would have expected in in the next 10 years overnight because we've all adapted quickly to needs must and we jump on video calls and we're often on video calls with 10 people on the call whether it's internal external whether it's a web conference conferencing world has gone online everyone's trying to do continue business in a new format. So because of that, here, here's what I suggest to people. Firstly, you're all having to deal with stuff differently, right? So firstly, it, it's more stressful, it's different, because we're now looking at people in 2D. So your brain, everything, every you're working harder at it. That's why you get stressed at the end of the day and you're tired. I, I couldn't understand initially, where I hadn't driven anywhere. I have not rushed around, finding parking, the, and I'm drained, why? Because you're concentrating on faces in 2D. Your brain is working harder. Put 10 faces on there. Different to a real-world meeting, right? Where a real-world meeting, you glance out the window. And often what I've said to people in talks like this is, well, if I glance away now and look out the window, and you're talking, I'm not... Immediately, you're, you're looking. They're not listening. If, yeah, that's if, in a they're meeting, they're... if that's in a meeting room, you take it, right? Because you know you can, it's contextual. Yes. This This is different. So you concentrate on the screen and we all do it because you can see yourself. So you concentrate on, well, what's other, what, does it look like I'm listening? So I better keep looking to make yeah. look, So you and work I harder think at well it. on it. <coughs> no, I'm
0: interested in all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: So that's the first thing. The second thing is I said, it'd be first impression, digital. So in the real world, you might have gone to a meeting and that individual might have been somewhere in the building in a meeting at lunch before and they come and get you. Great. They may have intended to check you out. But they didn't get round to it mm. right now. And while I'm talking to you, I could quite easily be doing this in my hands or on my keyboard. I'm not doing it. But I could quite easily be pulling you up on your profiles and looking at this screen here. And you think your screen's here and you're here on a different screen. I can be checking you out while I'm talking to you, or especially when you're on a, a meeting with six or seven people. Really easy. You're going to do it right. More people are going to check you out. Than they've ever done before. Because five minutes before they jump on the webcam with you as a prospective customer supplier or an interview candidate, how easy is it to and natural to go, well, just click and have a look. Because you're in front of a PC when you're talking to them. So, you know, and and we've become we've adapted to this world where we're doing this, and I'm not going to see your environment and your office and 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 that type. So we behave differently. Mm -hmm. I see lots of people check out my profile you can tell, right, on LinkedIn, it will show you who's viewed your profile. I've seen the pattern change. So I think you need to assume there's more chance people are going to check you out. Therefore, your personal brand, which is how you come across if someone looks for information on you, which is incredibly easy with the likes of Google, what are they going to find? And what's the first impression they're going to get? Because that first impression is before you get to create the impression using rapport and engagement. And we've all been told in sales forever and a day, there's all the phrase of first impression counts, the first 10 seconds, all those different phrases. But now it's electronic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, statistics even show, and I, I I won't say a number because it's, I, I, I don't know the actual number, but it's a higher number that people have kind of already made their decision about you by what they find online. So if they've gotten a bad impression or something of you or it's not been um, complimentary, you don't realise this, that you need to work a lot harder in the conversation with them to turn that initial thought around. And often as human beings what we do is if we've got a a, a belief, even if it is a misinformed belief, we're often checking out information to validate our belief is true. So someone starts a conversation thinking, oh, I don't really know if I trust this and there was a bad review there i'm going to be mindful of yep that's something that that validates that bad review and we don't even realize that is happening so let's talk about what are the some of the things that you know to be so important when it comes to building that personal brand organically i mean obviously what you've said the content that we are sharing needs to be on brand needs to be very much how we want to be positioned and what are some other things that you would like to share here
1: so the first thing, and some of it, it's all basics, right? There is no rocket science to this, and that's what sometimes disappoints people because they're expecting some great golden key but to
0: this. they're not doing it well, though, are they, Ian? It, it,
1: no, but it's, like all, it's, all small. Yeah. it's all small things, right? And and the, So our steps are a few that are actionable and easy to do. So the first one is, as humans, we in, interpret graphically and, and pictorially. You take more information in, quicker through a graph or an image than the loads of data. So people, from what they see, so your profile, for example, as you uh, let's talk LinkedIn initially, has used the banner, the number of profiles, and I do this when, when recruiting, um, and I'll glance at everyone, I'll always look at the profile, not the CV you've given me, because that's your version you want me to see. You've, you've, you've tuned that for one purpose, which is job application. I'll check your LinkedIn, I want to see the LinkedIn profile. I want to see, do you care about the persona you give, particularly for recruiting sales roles? And does it align to this story? This is this is engineered for the, the job process. Yeah. What are you telling the world? And I'll also check any other profiles I can find that are visible. Mm-hmm. So take heed, if you've got typically a Facebook or Instagram profile, and you it's your prerogative to post anything you like as an individual, But if you've left them open to the general public, it's my prerogative to be able to view them as an individual because you've published to the general Internet. And you can't then complain that someone's seen it. And normally you won't fight to your point. You won't know. Right. So you won't know what impression that's given or someone's checked out some of these sites because they don't tell you like LinkedIn does this person viewed your profile so you won't know if i looked at you and you've got lots of drunk pictures all the time on there now you may argue it's fine we, we, we can all have a drink at some point there's nothing no but you don't know if that's what impression that's given to a recruiter um a, a potential new employer the uh customer etc right it, it you've got to think if you can search it and find it so can i so what number number one hint search yourself on google search your name certainly go for, through the first three or four pages at least no one's gonna it's unlikely someone's gonna search for page 52 right Re- realistically none of us do it but look at see what comes up mm-hmm. you may find an old you know icq or yahoo profile if ever or an aim profile if ever anyone remembers those with stuff that oh my gosh i didn't realize that was still out there yeah. right find what they're going to find and then do something about it. If it's your Facebook profile, and, and here's the other hint, do it from someone else's PC or do it from an anonymous browser. Don't do it where you're logged in because you not get, You need to see what the, a general person would see coming to the internet. That's number one. So what gets found in general? Now you know what they can see, either hide stuff you don't feel is appropriate to the general consensus, general uh, uh, audience, um, remove it, hide it, you know, protect it with security privileges, which which is a few clicks here and there, or make it professional. Then look at your profiles that they can see and make them look good. And that, again, is just a little bit of time. So LinkedIn, let's pick that as the, as the most obvious business um, pro- profile that people would find. You know, have the banner, don't use the default LinkedIn banner, and certainly have a photograph. Mm-hmm. Not having a photograph says you're trying to hide something or you don't know how to use the platform or you don't get it. It just comes across lax. And yeah. you can argue I'm wrong. And I, I take on board this. This is opinion. But I would argue I'm right based on the consensus of how many people I've had conversations with. You know, if you don't care, that's fine. That's your choice to ignore the advice and get a good profile picture. Mm. And here's a here's a tip. Test it. Test it. Don't don't choose the picture you think looks good. Don't ask your friends and family. They've got immediate bias because they know you. Yeah. So how do you test it? There is a website I came across by accident a few years ago called PhotoFeeler.com. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, in a way, it's where Facebook really started. It's exactly what, what Mark Zuckerberg and, and the inventors of Facebook did in their university initially, which is it's you can put a photo on and people will rate it. So on that site, you can either pay for credits or you can go on there. And contribute by just voting on other people. Yeah, get some points, and then you've got a free free game to put your photo in and get get it in return. So you can do it for free. It's very quick. Put your photo in, select business, and it will give you crit- critique from people who don't know you or don't know your name. All they're getting is a photo, mm. and they're going to rate you for um, trustworthiness, um, influence, etc. Purely on that photo, they have no other information to judge you by. Where you are in the world anything yeah so what you get is a true input on the photo only
0: what a great uh, resource to be able to do that. And when you do that, do not be offended. I mean, that feedback can be brilliant if you're, if you're not clear on uh, on an image. Let's talk about creating and cultivating communities. I think this is so important moving forward. And I think it's very much untapped as far as what is possible. So, I'd love you to share some insights. And you say, don't really create, but rather cultivate. So, let's talk about the differentiation between Cultivating, creating. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I think it's it's the build it, it's the field of dreams piece. Build it, and they will come, right? If you create somewhere, someone wants a place somewhere people want to be. Word will get around. You, you'll get people there, right? You can't um, force them to come in. You can't cre- you can't say, look, I'm an influencer, or look, I, I've got good info. Everyone suddenly follow me. It's over time. So, you know, I remember a time. Um, in about 2010, 11, when uh, a marketing person said to me, oh my crikey, you've got got over 2,000 followers on LinkedIn. And at the time, I hadn't even thought about it. Now, I've got approaching, I think, 36,000, something like that. I haven't gone out there and, and purposely done that. All I've done, and I get new followers every day on different platforms, all I've done is made sure I look professional, and then created interesting content relevant to what I do. Yes. Right? So my followers tend to be in technology, in, either in sales, because I publish content on sales and social selling, personal branding, et cetera, or in the lead technology area because I, I work in the cloud computing area. That's the two audiences and the, and the niches that I work in. I'm not going to get followers who you know, are archaeologists or an education sector or whatever. Why? It's not my audience, it's not my specialism. So create content and be authentic on it. We all have an expertise, we all have experience. It may be a blog you write, it may be you share other content around that area, but you 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 cultivate a reason for people to follow you on the platform that you're on, that's number one. So that's, that becomes your personal following audience. The other one you can do is LinkedIn's a great example. I created a group on LinkedIn many years ago, to for for salespeople, you know, a channel executives. So, to, to create a group because I noticed at that point, there there wasn't a group that sort of there's lots of little groups, but none with a following. So I created a group, and here's a tip. I at the time I was I was working channel sales, so I created called it Channel Management Experts. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to be part of an expert group and people. T- just, oh, I want to join that. I want to be part of it. And the more people that joined it and the more content that they shared, more other people look, looked at it and got interested. And they saw that, you know, you get alerts. So and so just joined this group and you're linked to. Oh, what's that? And typically people are linked to people like them. Yes. So if you create something that one person likes, there are probably 10 people connected to them who are going to have a similar interest. So that group's now, uh, if I remember, last time I looked, is about 47,000 members and, wow. and growing. And I've done nothing. I haven't gone out and paid promotion, no ads. It's just Cultivate. And the content in it is now from the, its own audience. Mm-hmm. but i own the group and i occasionally get people posting to me could you promote this in there could you do? i've had people ask me to do paid stuff in there mm-hmm. could you know could you promote this and put put it as a top thing it, it's weird how this thing works as yeah. a social influencer and how you end up in it. And it's purely for me being mm-hmm. accidental of i've just consistently worked hard at making sure i look good online mm-hmm. and i create interesting content and initially that was content from here on blog sales. Now I have uh, five or six major global technology vendors who have me podcast for them, do videos, interview customers, do blogs on a continual basis because I'm an independent um, voice in the cloud computing sector rather than one of their staff who writes to, to corporate brand.
0: Yeah, and and that's I think the the distinguishing factor there. It's interesting, relevant content that you know that your community that you're cultivating is going to have interest in, is going to possibly engage with and share. That's something else I'd like to ask you too. I mean, obviously within the community, you're you're sharing that relevant content as we've just said. But are you also engaging? Are you also going in there and commenting on other people's content yeah. that they're sharing? What are you doing to kind of foster engage within that group because sometimes you hear of groups that have got large numbers but the only thing that anyone ever shares is kind of more spamming content buy my stuff buy my stuff which is not kind of a group we want to hang out in either
1: this falls into a little bit the social selling a little bit the personal brand the the whole thing so simple things If, if you want to get engagement from other people Here's here's where people go wrong. So i am to give the example of where people go wrong with, uh, thinking it's social selling, but then what can you do, which is really easy. So what people will do is re- see someone that they're interested in being a prospective customer or contact. And to your point, they will just either LinkedIn message, say, sorry, a LinkedIn uh, connection invite saying, I really love your content or whatever. Often it starts with the flattery, love to connect you get you may accept their connection next thing is you get a spammy message here's what i want from you yeah right which is not normal behavior in the real world you wouldn't go up to someone at coffee at a a seminar and start pitching to them in the first five seconds but online it seems people think that's acceptable And and they've moved email behavior onto linkedin now which is well it didn't work there it's not going to work any different here but here's what you can do if you want to engage with people now i've had the pleasure to meet um personally many leading book authors, um, in selling book authors widely, you know, some of the best published in the world, Um, uh, people who've been on TV programs, Dragon's Den over here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But not because I reached out with an agenda because I like their content, Mm -hmm. right? And I commented authentically or I shared things over a prolonged period. Yes. So I follow first thing is you can follow them, right? That's the beauty of all these platforms. You're allowed to just click follow. It's not a stalker behavior. That's the way it works. Then you get to see their content. And genuinely, if it's relevant content to your point, comment on it. If you've got a comment to make it, but as long as it's authentic, yes. as long as it's not manufactured, because if you if you if you're not authentic, it will come back on you at some point. Imagine I I'm, I really want to get It noticed by someone you can do loads of activity, but if at any point it moves into the real world, Mm -hmm. uh, you've got to be able to substantiate genuinely what you were doing. So but I've gone through this in in prospecting to major uh, new customers and, and corporations and contacts that everyone wants to get hold of. And over a long period of time, I've genuinely liked and engaged with their content where I have authentic authority to do so. So if someone if I want to connect with a CIO of a business and all they post about and I'll look at them on LinkedIn. Great. What other platforms they use? Look, they're engaging on Twitter. But all they post there is about is archaeology as a hobby or sport. I have no I can engage with that. That's not I have no subject knowledge in, in any of those or interest. Yeah. That would be inauthentic. And if it worked, I could fake it. But later on, it's going to come back on me. Yes. So don't, so don't do it. But if they're posting about digital transformation um, and, and things that I have expertise in, do you know what? It's easy to comment, right? There's no effort because it comes from there. I can just, oh, oh that's great. A re- great point you made there. But this article I found, link, or this blog I wrote, you might be interested in. What? There's nothing wrong with that. You're allowed to do it on the platform. And often people say to me, I feel uncomfortable doing that because uh, they haven't given me permission. Mm-hmm. They're on the social platform. They haven't blocked comments to their posts. That is your permission. Yes. You're allowed. And I have had many people then and I have, the, you know, this is how it's worked for me is who've then chosen to engage back with my content i love it when i'm I, I would love to connect with someone but i haven't reached out with that spammy message saying love to connect whatever that i've nurtured and at some point in the future i notice an alert saying they followed me they're now they've chosen to see my content that means they've looked back at you yeah and they've seen what you share and they've seen some credible credence in your in your brand yes. and like, you know what i'll let you in i'll follow you Mm-hmm. that is the gem right that is the please talk to me invite right but don't then immediately phone them you you've earned the right now gently nurture and at some point what, what's often happened to me is i've had an outreach message from someone saying it feels like i know you ian we seem to have been engaged i don't know how long we've been connected yes. I'm, I'm coming to the uk you know this is the old days before covid coming to the uk i'm, I'm going to be at this event speaking you you're not going are you? or would you be in London on one of these days that we can meet for a coffee? And I've had that from major leaders in the sales arena globally who've invited me to do that mm. because I've earned the right. I haven't demanded the right or forced it. And, and you can do this in any sector.
0: Yeah. And and it's as you say, this is really cultivating relationships. I'd imagine you've got a lot of relationships that you're currently cultivating and have cultivated. One of the things that I find, and maybe this speaks into the platform that uh, you're speaking about or what, you know, Netterbox offers, how do you keep a, a note about the, the conversations that you may have had because I always like to go back what has someone said like I might have communicated with someone in Zoom they've mentioned that their husband is having a 60th or something so if I'm wanting to say thanks for that by the way you know have a wonderful holiday and, and celebrations to your husband you want to t- take note of those things how do you document them because you, you'd be so many conversations in that it's like how do I remember all these things what do you what do you do
1: well a couple of things one is uh, uh, is uh, For the business side, it, it, we use Salesforce, right, as a CRM, and, and everything goes in there, and we pair all the LinkedIn messages in. So we use all the automation. So for business purposes, it's all in one central repository. Personally, um, it, it's hard, right, because you've got LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and because I talk about the platforms, you know, initially I was on LinkedIn. I wasn't on all the other platforms, but then as I got dragged into this over time, realized actually I, I need to know more about the other platforms because not everyone, LinkedIn isn't relevant to every business. If you're B2C, it could be Facebook. If you're B2C and you do artistic work or picture or stuff that's graphical, Instagram. So I'm on the platforms, I'm on Zing, I'm on lots of different specialist platforms just so I understand the differences and I remain uh, a thought expert in what I'm talking about. Um, so that, yeah, it's difficult. LinkedIn is a good one for me because you can obviously tag comments and you can put notes in, and you've got the message history. And that's often what I'll do is go back uh, later on. I'll find something. How do I how do I get connected to them? And I'll look back for what is the messages you've got and you've got the history in there. But Emery, if you said to me, "and is it what what's the cookie kind of perfect solution to cover everything?", I I haven't got one. I haven't got one. I I. A lot of it goes into my head and because I build authentic relationships, the ones that I know, I immediately know enough about to go, great, I know that individual. I don't need to go and look at notes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, brilliant, yeah. And it's finding a way that fits with you, finding a way that fits with you because it's nothing – it's like going to a networking event and, uh, you know, people are oh, it's been so long. Have you been You're thinking, Oh, I know your face. I know your voice. Um, they, you know, trying to put two and two together. But anyway, so building a profile as a cloud computing influencer. I mean, I know that we've spoken about Natterbox, but just finishing up the show, what kind of insights do you want to share there? And also how can we find out, connect with you, and obviously find out a bit more about Natterbox?
1: sure so Natabox i'll do the links first because they're, they're easy uh, natabox natabox.com and you will find all of the information links to videos and all, all what we do there um for me personally here's another personal branding tip in itself uh, if you go to ianmoise.co.uk that will take you straight to my linkedin profile ianmoise.cloud will go to my twitter ianmoise.uk ianmoise.co.uk you know so I, i've all of my social profiles yes. i've bought a personal domain in front of it mm-hmm. so what i don't say to you is we'll go to linkedin and search my name now luckily my name is relatively unique um and it, it, there's not hundreds of times but imagine your name is john smith Yeah, you're going to tell someone hey, i am on linkedin you've now put the onus on them to find you you've made <laughs> them the, in linkedin john smith and i hadn't found it which company was it again uh you know there's this game of which one is it yeah. Where in literally for a, a few bucks, few pounds, you can get your own domain and put and redirect it to wherever you like. So I redirect it to my LinkedIn. Emois.co.uk. I can tell you right now off the top of my head. You go there. You'll, you found me instantly. Yes. The other tip is cross link all your profiles. You know, most of the social profiles give you several links you can put in. So link your LinkedIn to your Twitter. Mm-hmm. Don't make people go and look for you because they're going to do it anyway. Make it easy. I want you to go there. I'm going to help you get there really simply and take the effort away from you. There's that's part of your personal brand. It's not even just how it looks. It's how easy do you make it to, for people to connect with you? Yeah. Um, and then your content, right? I, often people say, "Well, yeah, I could write. I don't know. I don't know how to create a blog on WordPress." And don't need to. For now, just post it on LinkedIn. Go on LinkedIn. Um, create a document on there, an article and it posts against your profile, and you've got it. it, It's a great way to learn. That's how I did it, and then I later created a WordPress site and went, actually, it's pretty similar to what you did on LinkedIn with tags and stuff. Wasn't that hard? So do it in steps. You don't have to boil the ocean. You can do very easy steps, all of which are minutes in front of the TV. They don't need you to spend three days sat in front of your PC set yourself a target you know i'm going to go and check my photo on photo feed i'm going to improve that you know another day i'm going to do my banner spend 20 minutes a day thinking about it i constantly look for ways to nurture my profile so you and marie have done what i advise one of the things is you can put icons on your social profile right to make it stand out in searches that are relevant so you've got a little microphone i notice on there i use a little tick yeah and it's really easy to do and cost you nothing but makes you stand out in a list of 50 profiles as the one that jumps out because it's visual there's so many small little things you can do that cost you no money and a little bit of time mm. and if you do 50 of those over the next two months can make four, few- you're going to be better than 80 90 percent of the people on the platform and look better but you've not done anything rocket science and you've not spent a fortune right it's just a little bit of effort. Why wouldn't you do that? And uh, here's the beauty your personal brand is yours, it goes with you. If you change jobs, it goes with you. If you're in the market due to COVID of being furloughed or looking for a job, it makes you stand out amongst the 2,000 other candidates going for the job because of the unfortunate situation you're all in. Mm.
0: Yeah. All such important advice. And I think even more so now that so many more people are online. And as you said, some of the things that you've shared are simple to implement, but with a lot of things, the simplest of things can make so much of an impact, especially when you do them consistently and uh, uh, building that personal brand, as you say, organically. Ian, it's been a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you for coming on the show. And, of You're course, welcome. the links that Ian shared with you, please go and connect with them there. And uh, once again, thanks so much, Ian.
1: Thank you. You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader Podcast, brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out. Be heard.
0: Influence. Want to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice
1: in your industry? Access our free 5-Day Money, Marketing, and Mindset Boost Masterclass. Go to www.industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. That's industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass.